welcome. You are tuned in to the Ms. Independent podcast with me, Renu Chopra. This is the podcast that delves into the careers and journeys of various different women, discovering the lessons they've learned along the way and understanding how independence plays a role in their journeys. It actually feels like ages since I last spoke on here, but um, as life does, it gets busy. I'm sure like a lot of you can vouch for and understand, Um, but I'm really excited to be back. I really want this podcast moving forward to help you become your best, strong, independent self. From each episode, you should be able to take away a few gems to add to your own independent journeys. So this episode is all about fitness, tying in really well with National Fitness Day, which we had on the 22nd of September. And I speak to personal trainer Amy Yates, who I met at my gym, Nuffield Health. And soon after we connected and were speaking at the gym, she left to go freelance. And I was really intrigued to find out how her journey has changed and career has adapted to going freelance. But also, I found her really interesting to talk to about exercise. And I wanted to create an episode all about finding the exercise that's right for you. If you're anything like me, sometimes you go to the gym or you wake up in the morning, you want to do some exercise, but you don't actually know what to do. I feel like the major part of exercising is just having a plan and knowing what you're going to do. Um, and then you don't look like a wally when you're in the gym and walking around, not knowing what to do. Especially during lockdown, I turn to various different apps like Fit or even Instagram for workout inspiration. But since going back to the gym, I actually felt like doing some of these apps, which were brilliant, by the way, took away some of my independence because I became reliant on these apps and these Instagram fitness instructors telling me what to do. So I thought it would be really interesting to talk to Amy and find out what exactly is the right exercise for you. So let's get straight into the episode. Thank you, Amy, so much for joining me on the podcast. I think it's been what the last few months that we've been trying to actually organize this and get down to it's so (laughs) nice to actually be here sitting with you I think the last conversation we had was at Nuffield yeah um, it's when I was still working at the gym at the gym uh, which you've now left and gone on to do freelance so I'm really excited for this episode because I'd love for you to share your journey Uh, your independent journey and provide some advice for people trying to find their own journey with fitness. So um, how are you doing today? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Um, This is the first podcast I've done, so I'm quite excited. Yeah. (laughs) How has it been though for you since leaving Nuffield? So I left Nuffield two and a half months ago now, I think. Um, And I, so I originally left because, so I'm a personal trainer and I was struggling to actually manage my time with clients. So I found the gym, gyms are fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but you would only be able to spend one hour with someone. And I really like getting in depth with my clients and spending a lot of time chatting to them and sort of, you know, seeing how they're doing and doing regular check-ins and writing long programs. Um, 
so that was sort of the main reason I left, but I'm loving it. I, I just feel like there's so much more freedom, both for myself and also actually what my clients want. And it gives me much more scope. Like I've got a new client that I've just taken on and she didn't want conventional sessions in a one-to-one sense. She actually wanted someone to check in with about her current training. Mm-hmm. So when we have sessions together, it's more of a, we have half an hour to an hour to check in together and see how she's getting on. And in a gym capacity, I wouldn't have been able to do that. So it's kind of nice. It's making exercise work for me and for my clients. So yeah. like an accountability check. Yeah, in, in a way it's... um. So she actually has some like really, really cool coaching goals and she's a climber, but she basically wants someone to coordinate all of her training. Mm. So yeah, slightly different rather than having someone who's necessarily prescribing lots of exercises for her. She wants that oversight. So yeah. So why fitness? What made you want to get into into that oh gosh (laughs) this could be a long one um so I was actually really unfit at school I was in what my gym teachers described as the fun group okay uh I was really really against exercising yeah I really didn't like exercising I did I went climbing with my dad when I was younger from about four years old and that was something I really enjoyed but we then moved to London and climbing in London, we used to live in the Peak District and so that just wasn't an option. And I sort of grew to hate doing exercise, probably because of my experiences at school. And it was by no fault of my gym teachers, I don't think. I just don't think schools are maybe always set up to cater for lots of different groups, especially when there are things like sports teams and it can get quite competitive. And if you're not that competitive, it can put you off. So... I actually only really got into exercise. I I had two sort of important experiences. One was going to China with an ex-boyfriend. So I went to a martial arts school for three months and that was an amazing, yeah, that was an amazing experience. And I'd always been really interested in martial arts and um, had wanted- Like Muay Thai training kind of thing. I actually did. So I did a combination of a few things. I did Tai Chi while I was there, which you did in the morning at the school. And then I focused on Shaolin, which is kind of a more, um, it's form-based. So you would do some stuff like kickboxing, but you'd learn a lot of forms. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Which, and a form is basically like a set of movements that you do in a sequence one after the other. So I did that and then went, to university and got back into climbing again and after that I worked in a climbing wall and sort of was like oh I actually really love exercising yeah and I just really recognized I think there's a bit bit of a gap in the a lot of personal trainers are perceived to be these uber fit kind of muscly people that are quite intimidating and having had my own experiences with personal trainers I can kind of see that that's how a lot of people are perceived um and I really wanted to break that kind of yeah break that mold and just be a personal trainer for people that maybe didn't want someone who was going to push them to lose loads of weight and didn't make them do loads of exercises they hated and could do stuff they enjoyed so basically stemmed from you not knowing where you would fit into exercise because you didn't really love it to begin with but you found actually the climbing and things that made you love it and there were things that actually you could do that and enjoy it. Yeah, completely, completely. And I think, I mean, at school, one of the big issues I had was there was so much emphasis on team sports. And if you're not into team sports, then, and that's all you do at school, that can really put you off, understandably. Um, 
so yeah, when I got older and I was like, oh, I can go climbing and I can go hiking and I can do martial arts and, you know, dance and do yoga and lots of things that don't necessarily require me doing things with other people, but they can still be sociable. You're still with people, but you're not necessarily competing against them if you don't want to. I found that for me just kind of changed my mindset completely. Yeah. At school, I used to hate netball and I used to hate team sports. I don't know why, but I just didn't get along with it. And it was (laughs) the only things that they would do in in school. And Mm. I I play badminton, so my family will play badminton. And when I went to the school saying, you know, can we do any sports like that? It was just not on their radar because the sports they did and have done for years were netball and rugby or whatever, all of those. And it kind of made me think, actually, I don't know where I fit in in terms of fitness. I don't know why, but I don't really seem to like team sports. But then I do like playing badminton because maybe it's like my own achievements and it is something I'll do. And actually, maybe that is, you know, personality led, like what kind of, yeah, what kind of sport you like, what kind of uh exercise you like could be very much actually I I don't have to like netball if I'm not that kind of person to be competing as a team um so I think that's actually really interesting I never thought of it like that yeah it is I think um a lot of my clients have found that especially when they're like oh this is actually really fun doing this and I'm like I know exercise can be fun (laughs) you can enjoy it uh and I think a lot of people get other nice benefits from it as well like for me it's an essential part of my mental health and having a toolkit for that and exercising is just a way of shutting off to everything like else that's going on so it's nice to be able to do that for other people as well and I think a lot of people especially now if they're really busy it's just an opportunity for them as adults to go and play and enjoy themselves Mm. yeah so how do you fit your love for you know the exercises you found that have worked for you how do you put that into your PT and sort of really work with your clients good question uh I think it varies from client to client if I'm honest everyone has had such different experiences when it comes to exercise so the first thing if like if I'm honest that I do is I (laughs) it's not a grilling I spend a lot of time chatting with my clients and do a really extensive consultation Mm. and find out what they've done in the past, what they, a lot of the time people will come along and they'll, I think this is one of the issues as well around exercise. People will come along and say, oh, I want to get stronger. But people's conception of strong can vary wildly. For some people that might be being able to do a press up. For some people it might be getting up the stairs without getting out of breath. It could, it can just vary so much. So really understanding why people are doing exercise and what they're going to get from it. And then also understanding things like the wider impact it's going to have on their life. So it, like I say, if it's that you want to be able to get up, upstairs without getting out of breath, that might just mean that you can get around your house easier. And that's, you know, that's what you're going to get from it. Um, so that's the first thing I do. And then after that, it that's basically what shapes everything that I do, whatever the client needs. So it really, really varies. I have... <laughs> got one client at the moment who's trying to touch their toes and we got there the other day which was amazing yeah um and for them that's just a sign of flexibility and feeling good about themselves thinking I'm really mobile I can touch my toes yeah yeah um and I've got another client who 
loves playing with, she's got a young child and she just wants to be able to run around with him a little bit more. So in, in the sessions, we do loads of stuff where we get her running around and doing, yeah. doing things like carrying bags around and doing mini assault courses and all the kind of stuff you would do if you're playing with your child. So I try and make sure sessions are fun and enjoyable and I want people to go along and like I say, not feel like they're getting shouted at by a PE teacher and make it as approachable mm-hmm. as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a judgment-free zone, I think that's the most important thing because in school, there is sort of that pressure of having someone watching you and telling you to work harder and like perform better. And sometimes you need that from a personal trainer. You do need someone to push you, but sometimes you also need someone to go, oh, you're on your period or you've had a really crap day at work. That's cool. We'll just take it easy today and we'll just do stuff that you enjoy. You don't have to push yourself really hard and I'm not going to judge you for that. So yeah, I think that's really important. It's interesting because I think all of those things are basically being realistic with yeah, yourself completely. and being realistic with your goals. Because when you say about that your client's goal was to run around with her kids, that's not really a goal you you would sometimes think, or I don't always think about when if why I go to the gym, you might think, I want to get fit. And I think I remember saying to you yeah. when I was in the you said, What was your goal? And I was like, Oh, to get fit. And you're like, But what does that mean to you? Like you need to break down actually what that is. Yeah. Because in the world of social media and Instagram and all of that, we're so used to comparing ourselves and thinking, well, that person looks yeah. like that. <laughs> I want to go to the gym to look like that. But it's so unrealistic. So does it take you quite a bit of time to actually break down those goals? Because I would assume that they wouldn't straight away say to you, that's what they are going to the gym for. I don't know. Yes, it does take quite a long time. Some people are much more open than others and much more... Um aware of why it is they're there and for some people it just takes a little bit longer and some people just want to come along and exercise and just have someone to tell them what to do because they don't want to have to think about it so it 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 just varies from person to person um and obviously sometimes people might not even realize what their goal is they might come along and think i want to get stronger but they don't know what that means so it's a case of exploring it and spending some time going oh okay well you know if you could do anything, absolutely anything, or if you could do it within a set time frame, what would it be? And then sometimes halfway through as training together for, you know, three months, I'll suddenly go, oh, I thought it was amazing because the other day I could do this thing and I d- never thought I'd be able to do that. And then it's like, oh, okay. And we'll explore that a bit and say, well, you know, do you want to maybe be able to do more of that stuff in your life? And yeah, it can, it can change. Sometimes the targets change. Mm. Yeah. So actually, it's not set what you might say at the beginning. It can actually evolve. What about for somebody who maybe isn't, hasn't got a personal trainer and wants to maybe do those things themselves, goes to the gym and thinks, okay, where do I start? How do I know what my goals are? How can you sort of set realistic goals for yourself? So... I'm not going to go into all the smart goal setting (laughs) acronym stuff. Uh, But the first thing I say to people is to actually sit down and write down a whole bunch of stuff they'd really like to achieve and then actually think about why it's important to them. So quite a lot of time, for example, people might say I want to lose weight, using that as a really, really standard example. But a lot of the time that can come back to confidence. So people might say, I want to lose weight. And you'll go, okay, why? And they'll say, well, I want to feel more confident in myself. So the goal isn't actually to lose weight. It's about feeling more confident. 
And then for some people, they'll still want to lose the weight alongside it. But for other people, they might go, well, actually, it doesn't really matter if I lose weight. Maybe it's that you'd feel more confident if you were able to run 5K in a certain amount of time and you know that you can do that or just to feel like moving around is easier. There are little bits like that where it's worth just reflecting on, actually really, really reflecting on it and being honest with yourself, which can be really hard sometimes. Mm. So writing it all down, the initial goal, what that is, and then why it's important. And the bit about why it's important is normally the the kind of nitty gritty stuff that you want to focus on. And then after that, I think another good thing to do is to share it with a friend or a partner or someone important in your life and spend a bit of time discussing it with them. Because I always find chatting with people, a lot of stuff can come up that you didn't even think about before because they'll ask you all sorts of questions around it. Like, oh, okay, why do you want to do that? Or, Mm. oh, you know, you know, why, you know, how long have you thought that you wanted to do that for? You've never told me about that. And quite a lot of stuff can come up, which can be really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it's a bit like having your own personal trainer asking you those questions, but without a personal trainer. Even more brutal, probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your family members. Yeah, I know my mum can be like that. Why are you doing that? But Yeah, someone to grill you. Yeah, exactly. She can definitely do that. I guess it's basically working backwards. Yeah, completely. So if your goal is to get fit, maybe working backwards and thinking, okay, why is that? And then getting to sort of actually what the root of it is yeah the root of it's the most important bit from there as I say it can be so different for so many people and from there though you can really get specific so say it was that you wanted to feel more confident and actually it didn't matter what kind of exercise that was but you just knew that exercising would make you feel more confident it might be going to classes where you can be more sociable and meet lots of other people or it might be that maybe you know, your ultimate goal is to do a pull-up and then it would be finding ways to train for that without necessarily having a coach. Um, Something that Nuffield did that I always thought was fantastic is they did give out free programs to all the members. So, and a lot of gyms do that and it's a free benefit of being at a gym. So it means you can go along and say, this is my goal. And generally with those programs, the more specific you are, the better. Because if you say to a personal trainer, I want to get strong, they'll go, okay, I'm gonna give you some general exercises versus, and they don't have enough time to do that whole consultation process with you in the hour they have versus I want to do a pull up. The personal trainer will be like, right, (laughs) these are some exercises you can do. So it will get a little bit more specific and really help you with your goals. I think the key, what you said was being specific to the trainer because I at Nuffa would say to one of the trainers, I want a plan. And I don't think I was, now he's given me the plan, I don't think I was specific enough about what I wanted to achieve because I just said, I want to get fitter, I want to use the equipment more. Yeah. And he gave me a programme, which was great, but I found it really boring because it was like the stuff that I had to then walk around the gym a lot. A lot of it was maybe being more in the weight section where I didn't want to be like, but they actually hadn't really thought about what is it that I would be most comfortable with yeah. doing and actually would fit. Because I love HIIT training. I love doing stuff that's Do like... Do you? Yeah, I love HIIT as well. I love HIIT training. And I love doing stuff that's all in the same place. So I could just have all the equipment yeah. right in one spot. Don't have to move around. Don't have to move You've around. You've got your nook in the gym. No one's coming over. Headphones are on. You're focused. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think 
that threw me off a bit because I was like, I don't know why, but I can't seem to get motivation doing that kind of yeah. routine. But like you said, it's been specific. Yeah, with it. completely. With um, you know, the, your approach is just so refreshing because I think Thank that you. yeah, it is because it's not something you see or hear as many personal trainers. I personally haven't saying putting how you're coping with your day as a yeah. you know an important factor to how you want to train and how you're feeling is like their key and being comfortable how do you find now breaking away into being freelance has setting yourself as as that kind of personal trainer how do you find it because you know you, do you have to market yourself in a certain way or dealing with the fact that there's so many personal trainers breaking through with your kind of your niche or what you have yeah. to offer how how have you found, found that it's it's an interesting one you definitely have to and I, I think everyone does this anyway with their marketing but you really really have to think about who you're trying to target with your audience and who you're like who you want to help basically um it's saying I've been doing lots and lots of work on and really thinking about the types of problems that people struggle with and what I could help them with because I know some people who've come to me before and say, you know, I want to lose weight rapidly. And I'm like, cool, I can suggest some people to you, but I am not that person. Um, so really understanding and actually setting yourself some boundaries is so important. Uh, it's something that's quite hard actually being freelance because you're like, oh, it's, it's a potential client. And I'm like, no, can I help them realistically? Not with what they want. And you just have to power yeah. of saying no yeah the power of saying no set your boundaries and actually just say to people I'm not going to be the best person for you and at the end of the day then you're helping that person more than if you were to work with them and do something that they don't want and I think that's so important and um the other thing I think that's maybe lost on a few personal trainers not bashing all personal trainers or you know but some personal trainers can be a little bit more focused on what they like when they're training and what their goals are, and then they will try and apply that to their clients. And that's not gonna work because you're helping an individual at the end of the day, and you need to really understand what your client needs and wants. And if they ask you to do something that you don't think is ethical or that you can do, you just have to say no, setting those boundaries again. I think that's so important. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to set your own goals for yourself and actually yeah, not put yourself first when you're doing a job that's actually for other people yeah completely how about then with things online and you've got so many you know so many personal trainers online and I know mm. I'm I'm I do this where I go to the gym and I think I don't know what to really do I'll just go onto an app or whatever and just follow what they're doing and in that time it tells me what to do because a lot of I think a lot of the issue with if you don't have a trainer and you go to the gym, it's what do I do and what am I doing? Yeah. That's like the right thing for me to do. Um, but a lot of people, you know, are going online to find those answers. How are you working with sort of like this field of stuff online and competing mm -hmm. with it in a way? I mean, I think I personally really like some of the online platforms. I think they're great. Obviously, they're going to be a bit more generic. So they're targeted to a much wider audience, like, you know, several either thousand people or several hundred thousand people. So what you're getting won't be specific to you, but for some people that's so much more affordable. Like there are some apps out there where you can pay 10 pounds a month and get loads of classes and training plans. And I just think that's absolutely great because 
you know, personal trainers are not the most affordable things. Mm. Um, so I just think, I think some of them are absolutely fantastic. And ultimately, if it gets people moving and as long as they're enjoying themselves and they're not doing it because it's going to, um, you know, for the wrong reasons and kind of engaging in unhealthy behaviors, I think it's great. What I have some issue with though, is when apps like that maybe say, if you do this workout, you're gonna look like this person. And that's unrealistic because everyone's bodies are so different. I'm five foot two. I'm never going to be six foot. Mm -hmm. I can't stretch my body. And it's the same with some of those programs. They'll promise you something and it's a bit of an empty promise. People aren't always going to look like, I don't know, the latest celebrity who's, yeah, Kardashian or, you know, whoever it is. So that's when I think it's a bit more problematic you're effectively almost like conning people out of their money basically by selling them something like that so that's where I take issue and some of the celebrity trends I think kind of fall into that line but they tend to be more around diets and that's yeah something that is a bit of a bugbear for me but in terms of it being competitive um as I say I think the people who use those apps won't necessarily be the people that want to have a personal trainer they're just people who want to get fit and just need a program. I I actually subscribe to, it's another personal trainer's classes on a monthly basis. And I love it because sometimes I do not have the motivation to write my own workouts because I've been doing other people's yeah, all day long. No, I've never thought of that. Yeah, yeah, so I just love it. I'm like, it's great. I can go online. I can do this class. Don't have to think about it. And then I can go about my day and it's, yeah, it's great. Love it. What class is it? Um, so it's a lovely personal trainer called Hope Hudson and she does, she has a monthly package and you pay for it. It's 25 pounds, which is really affordable. And she either has, it's either four or five classes a week and they vary from, she does a weekly strength class. There's a more of like a mobility, flexibility based class. And then that's, I think, I can't remember what Hope calls it, but it's more of like an all over body cardio kind of one. But I love it because Hope always throws lots of, things that involve jumping in which I really enjoy yeah it's a bit like a hit class um and she's she's great I quite like if I can if I was going to buy any of those kind of subscriptions I try to buy from either someone I know or a small business because a lot of small businesses actually set up their own subscriptions like that Mm -hmm. and that way I know it's not going to a really big company who probably don't necessarily need the money and it's going to someone like a freelance personal trainer who's really going to benefit from it and I know how much time and effort they will have put into it and also I think you get more of a personal touch hope has a dog like me and sometimes he appears on the screen she'll occasionally be doing squats with him in her arms and I'm like that's what I want from a personal trainer yeah (laughs) I think it all just comes back to that being realistic with yourself because like yeah if you know like you're saying if you're seeing people online and it's not really realistic you're not you're there kind of conning you to be this person yeah completely it's not realistic and I guess you want to work with people who one are you know interested in working as a personal trainer but two are are actually in it for actually this is how we're going to work we're going to be realistic with this journey and not not expecting this and that which is just unattainable yeah and I mean those apps are also great but they do miss out a lot of a lot of working with clients is also mindset work it can be things like people that are really struggling for time and you sitting down and going okay let's have a look at your diary what's going to be realistic for you. So we have our session together and you know you want to exercise twice more in the week. 
it doesn't have to be an hour long. How about on a Tuesday evening, your partner's home, we give you a 15 minute workout you can do while he looks after and plays with the kids for 15 minutes. Something like that, where it's just, it's it's finding ways of making exercise work for other people. And I think that's probably some of the stuff the apps actually miss out because you, like I say, you don't have that personal touch and you don't have someone going, how did he sleep last night? Oh, oh you're a bit hungover today, cool, or whatever it is, yeah. you know, you've... Um, you kind of miss that out really. So, and also sometimes you just need someone there to chat to if you're not having a great time of it and you're like, I'm just really tired and I'm, you know, maybe they're not liking their program. Thankfully, I've not actually had anyone say that to me yet. But you know, if people were to, I'd be like, cool, let's change it. And you know, it's it's so much more malleable. So th- those points when you say, would you a 15 minute workout at your house or whatever? Is that, would you go and do that? Or are they are they things in the diary you're setting in like, the exercises for them to do themselves. Yeah, so it's set in the diary. I use, quite a lot of trainers will use an app and basically it's an online platform that you can either have on your phone or on your PC, laptop, whatever it is, tablet. And it will have a program written onto it with explanations of what exercises they're going to be doing, how long to do it for. For all my clients, I actually video them. So I give video explanations of how to do the exercises and what they are. Wow. Yeah, quite a lot of the apps do that now. I tend to, so most of the apps will have like generic things like squats and stuff on there, but I will also create some like exercises that are specific to my clients. So if it's toe touching, as an example, I might give different exercises and you'll program it in, give them rest times, work times, all that stuff. And then all they have to do is follow along, which makes it really easy. What's really interesting with that, you know, tying in with independence is the fact that you kind of, one, you're, t- you're working around their schedule. So yeah. they actually are independent in the sense of they, they're not having to set a time and it's that every day. Mm. They're kind of being very much that this is going to work for me. Okay, now this day works better for me and they're in control of, of yeah, when completely. they want to do their workouts. But also the fact that they don't train with you physically all the time, but you're, you're giving them the online, you're giving them re- resources for them to do it themselves. Yeah. They're actually kind of do it in control of that and gaining a lot of knowledge while they're doing it. Yeah. Like, I think that's so interesting. I never realised that that was a way that yeah, you yeah. coach. I just thought you work with a trainer, you go into a gym and you do it on a once a week or whatever. That's yeah. how it works. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's something that you'll probably see less of with people that work in gyms. They'll probably write a programme, but they're less likely to have something like an app because you have to pay for them. Some will, but some won't. Um, and so, yeah, it'll just vary from trainer to trainer. But on, honestly, having an app that all my clients can go to is the best thing. They can input goals in there. They can message me on there if they want to. And like you say, the key thing is really they can exercise on their own. And honestly, it helps so much because I've got some clients who, if I see them once a week, the next week I'll come back and be like, oh, that's looking much easier this week. And be like, I've been practicing it. I've been practicing oh, it on my own. That's so and nice. it's great because, you know, you know that if they're practicing it on their own, they must be really enjoying it as well. And yeah, it's a really good educational tool. They can watch those videos and learn how to do the movement rather than having it in the short time that you are together. So yeah, it's really cool. And that then helps build the confidence as well yeah. because you're, you can, they come back to you and be like, I know how to do this now. I've yeah. I've done this a few times. But it's like the independence in that kind of helps the confidence in a way. Yeah, completely. So when we first spoke, when we spoke in the gym, I think I was using the My Fitness Pal app. Yes. 
I'll stop using it. I think after <laughs> you spoke to me, like you said, I think you said to me, you probably won't last on the app. And it was like two or three days later, I stopped yeah, it. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? It is. <laughs> but um, a friend of mine told me about it and I thought maybe, you know, I've got to be aware of what I'm eating. I'll mm. just, just be aware of it or write down on there. But it became so obsessive yeah. over a couple of days. And you were saying to me about how diet is such an important part of your sort of personal training with your clients, but also how the apps can really not help at all with that because you can become obsessive like I was. Yeah, yeah, completely. Can you give me some sort of uh, idea as to how diet diet really works into your fitness plan and your your views on sort of apps like that? Yeah, completely. So I'm going to put forward my own bias here, which is... I don't personally track any of my food, but I do, if my clients want to, I'm like, go for it. I can help you with that. Um, so it, it, my own bias is that I'm quite interested called intuitive eating. Um, and without going into the long wind of it, there's sort of 10 different principles around it, but it's really about understanding your body's wants and needs when it comes to food. So that's kind of what I prefer for myself, but I know that's not for everyone. I had a lot of experiences in school of friends that had eating disorders. Um, I've definitely had troubled or a troubled relationship with exercise myself in the past. And I think for a lot of people, until they have sort of healed that relationship, if they have had a negative one, tracking food (laughs) is not going to help. It's not going to help at all. Yeah, because you can get obsessive about it. And ultimately, if you start obsessing about food, you might want to consider what's going on there. Why are you obsessing about it? Food should be something that's enjoyed and sociable and it's, you know, about nourishing your body. And yeah, those apps can, if if you're not using it with that in mind, it can create some issues. And quite a lot of people, I can't remember what the percentage is and it's a percentage taken out of context, but basically a large number of people that do go on diets are more likely to develop an eating disorder later on at some stage so they can be quite damaging and ultimately I don't really want to be the person responsible for doing that to somebody Mm -hmm. having also seen so many people with eating disorders and the impact it has on them so with my own clients I tend to first of all find out what their goal is if their goal is nothing to do with nutrition we don't talk about it I'm plant-based so I actually have quite a lot of clients I don't know if I attract clients that are vegan or veggie, but I somehow have quite a lot of clients that are vegan or veggie. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. The thing is though, sometimes it'll be people, like I do work with some people that I will have known through work or other channels, but sometimes it'll just be a new client that comes along and they'll be like, so I, you know, I'm vegan. And I'll be like, oh great, I can talk (laughs) to you about, yeah. yeah. Um, So if they're vegan or veggie, but their goal isn't necessarily about nutrition, they might occasionally message me like, oh, you know, I'm a bit concerned about my protein intake or some of those bits that do get thrown around quite a lot. And we'll discuss it, discuss what foods they might want to consider incorporating into their diet. Sometimes I get messaged for things like smoothie suggestions. That was one I had the other day. So um, that's kind of coming on to more of a culinary basis, but I love cooking. So I'm quite happy to also chat about cooking with people. And if it comes down to more things that are around weight loss, 
I'm not a nutritionist. I always put that out there to clients. I'm not a registered nutritionist. And I'm not a dietitian. So I can give advice. I can give them some suggestions. But at the end of the day, if they want to get really, really serious about it, they are best to talk to someone that's qualified or more qualified than me. Um, as a personal trainer, I don't know if all PTs do this, but my course focused on nutrition quite a lot and they made everyone do a lot of nutrition courses, which means you are allowed to give out dietary advice. But so I can do things like give people macros and all that stuff. But as I say, I'm like, you know, if you're really serious about this and this is what you want, then I can cover the exercise side of stuff. But I think you're better to go and talk to someone that really, you know, with a dietitian, they can give you a meal plan. Mm. Yeah, which on a side note, we've discussed this before, but the only people that should be giving out meal plans are dietitians, not personal trainers. Wow. Um, you get a lot of personal trainers giving out meal plans and they're not legally qualified to do so, mm. which is a bit dodgy. Yeah, even in a lot of apps as well, you find... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, meal plans, meal plans. I've... um yeah, come across that on some of the apps that I've used before. So it's just always worth knowing that. Um, and if a personal trainer does say that they can give you a meal plan, they might be qualified to do so. But I always just say, ask, ask for qualifications. Yeah, yeah. There's no harm in that. At the end of the day, we've got the qualifications for a reason and no one's going to get annoyed if you say, oh, I just wanted to, you know, cover all my bases and have a look. There's no harm in that. No, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you're you want to do what's right for you. Yeah, completely, completely. Um, and also, you know, there's a lot of issues around nutritionists. It's not a protected title, unfortunately. So if you're a dietitian, you have to have gone through a certain qualification process to legally call yourself a dietitian. Right, okay. And with nutritionists, that's not the case. So anyone could say they're a nutritionist. They could do a half an hour course online and say they are. So it's always worth checking the registries. Um, I think it's the Association for Nutritionists, the AFN. If someone's qualified and registered through them, you generally know you're in safe hands. So little bits like that are quite handy to know. So what is it that you love about personal training and what you're doing at the moment? Um. Oh gosh, this is such a good question. Yeah. I could spend hours talking about this. Like you're really <laughs> passionate about it and it's you know, how you said you've got into it and the fact that it came from an idea that yeah. you didn't like exercise, but now being someone who's working with clients, what, what are you loving about it? I, so the first thing is I absolutely love just sharing exercise with other people, particularly if it is someone who has not always enjoyed exercise. I just get so much thrill from watching them being like, oh, I just did this thing and they're so proud of themselves and it's awesome. Um, particularly I work with a lot of women and I love quite a lot of women I find don't have the same levels of confidence as men when it comes to the gym. I could be completely wrong on this. This is just sort of my perception, but watching them build up their confidence and really knowing that they can do all this really cool stuff is just, it's like the best feeling. So that's a big one. And then going back to the thing with women, and I think this is just people in general, but we live in such a fast paced society people do not take the time to slow down or spend time on themselves. So 
some of my clients will have kids, they'll do busy jobs, they are just, you know, flat out. And I even had, I was like, oh yes, my client said this to me the other day. She was like, no, this is my one hour a week where I prioritize myself. And I was like, yes, yes. that's oh. what it is. It's time for yourself. You get to invest in yourself and just enjoy that hour or, you know, that bit of time when you're at home and you're exercising. And oh, I just, I love that. It's just, yeah, it's the best. So that's, that's, those are some of the bits I love. Obviously it is great watching people reach their goals and stuff, but just making making people happy. Mm. That's that's what I love. Particularly kind of being able to empower women to feel like they can yeah. exercise. And cause that's something you spoke about before about women feeling like, you know, I know we were saying about there's sometimes women only areas in gyms yeah. because women will feel intimidated to go and use the weight sections and, and the another thing was not knowing about how your menstrual cycle can impact how mm. you, you work out. And I didn't even factor that into the idea that actually maybe when I'm on my period, maybe I don't have to work out then if I'm not yeah. feeling right. Or So there must be quite a few factors that you've got to untangle or take into account when you're working with women. Yeah, completely. It's really interesting. I mean... I've sort of, this is, I, I will always say this point and I'll say it over and over again. Everyone is so different. So I have some clients who have no issues exercising. They are confident, you know, just ready to go. And I have some clients who really don't feel comfortable with people watching them when they exercise. They do not feel like, you know, that there's something, I don't know, I don't even know how to explain this one. It's not that they think there's something wrong with their body, but they're just like, I don't want people to observe that. It's, you know, almost as though they shouldn't be doing it. And yeah, that's a really interesting thing to take into consideration. So I try to make it a really safe space for all my clients, judgment-free. And I always say that at the beginning, I'm like, you can talk to me about anything or you don't have to talk to me about anything at all if you don't want to. It's completely up to you. Like, this is your time you know, you're, you're paying for this. So just we'll make it however you want it. And I really take or take that into consideration with everybody. And a lot of the time with people, and this is just a general thing, there's so much going on under the surface that you don't always know about. So, um, you know, some of my clients might have had something that's happened in their lives. And then one session, they'll have had a bit of a, not, I'm not going to describe it as a bad session, but a session where they may be lacking a bit of motivation. They're just beating themselves up a bit. And I'll be like, oh, you know, you're right. And they'll be like, oh, this thing's just happened. And then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I see what's going on here. Um, and then you can tailor your approach and make it I think the key thing is making it something that they're going to enjoy and get something from. Mm -hmm. So even if they've had a really crap day, you can go, okay, well, you know, this is your time. So we're just gonna pretend that that stuff's not going on right now. And you can just focus on yourself. You know, if you then get partway through and you don't wanna move, let me know, we can stop. We could sit down and have a cup of tea and have a chat if you want to. Yeah. So that's really important. And then when it comes to menstrual cycles, that is just, um, a really complex and understudied topic, unfortunately. Mm. Um, a lot of previous research has always been done on men's bodies. Yeah, yeah. Which is great when people are talking about pelvic floors and all the studies have been done on yeah. men. Yeah. That helps us how? <laughs> yeah, it helps so much. So with that, 
particularly if someone I know a lot of my clients menstrual cycles oh my God, better yeah. than they do I'll be like you're due on soon aren't you? they're like oh oh looking at their phone like, yeah <laughs> I am and I'm like oh yeah okay so some clients literally nothing changes I won't even have even known that they're on their period and some clients they'll be like oh, I'm struggling today yeah. and like I get this as well like I can talk about this from my own experiences because I have really really bad periods and like get horrendous PMS yeah yeah so um some clients they'll be like me and they're like I can barely like lift a weight up today my body is not moving and so we will completely change up the session we will probably move a little bit away from strength training and focus more on things like cardio or maybe just anything where they're moving that's gonna get them towards where they need to be and that's so goal specific as well Mm. um but from my own personal experiences with this as well, I'm before my period is like, I'm just not going to exercise for maybe five days because if I try to do anything, like the other day I was trying to walk up a hill and I was like, I'm not going anywhere, I'm stuck. Why I'm is stuck. it? Why is it? Like, is um, it just the hormone levels or something? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, again, everyone has different hormone levels and loads and loads of other stuff that's going on in their bodies. But for some people it can be things like certain drops in hormones and this isn't even taking into consideration if you maybe have a hormone imbalance as well Mm. so it can just make you a bit more fatigued um generally speaking as far as i understand it effectively the second half of your cycle which is like the few weeks before your period you are going into baby making mode Mm. so your body doesn't it starts producing lots of things like progesterone, which is what's produced when when you're pregnant. Um, so it's, I think, encouraging you to rest more and to, yeah, be more relaxed mm-hmm. because that's going to be more beneficial if you are carrying a child. Yeah, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. So doing really intense hit classes is probably not what you would want if you were carrying a baby. So I think your body is basically trying to go, cool, it's time to chill things now. Plus, like... Your boobs hurt. Yeah, and yeah. The one thing I find is running on the treadmill. I know. When I'm on, like I know when I'm due on because I'll just like yeah, to the top your of your boob, and, like, and you're yeah, like, no, it's, it's not happening. And whatever bras, sports bras you get, it's just not happening. I have to just do some sort of yoga or whatever. Yeah, during that time. No jumping around. No jumping yeah. around. Yeah, because <laughs> you definitely feel it. That's just not anything that I don't think men have to really consider in their no, fitness plans. No, they don't. I mean, I I think men, I haven't actually looked a lot at male hormones because I don't yeah. train that many men, but men have much more kind of consistent hormone patterns. I think they do have some variation throughout if they had a cycle, like their cycle. But for women, it's just so much more extreme. Um, so, yeah. And because obviously a lot of things are geared slightly more towards men or have been in the past. I think things are changing quite rapidly at the moment. It means that stuff just never even been taken into consideration. And there's also a lot of stuff, a lot of people are becoming more open now about their menstrual cycle and if they have a period. But in the past, that's just not always been the case. So, you know, I still have this where I'll be talking to someone they'll be like, I'm on my period. And I'm like, it's okay, you can, yeah, I'm like, you don't have to be ashamed. It's a natural thing. You can talk to me about it. So I think there's that around it. People probably in the past, if they menstruated, were just like, I'm not going to mention this because it's a shameful thing. It's disgusting. Yeah, you don't tell people that you're on your period. And 
that's obviously stuff that I think it's so good people are opening up more about now and about their experiences particularly if someone experiences really like extreme things like PMDD um yeah I just think it's really great so there's so much more awareness Mm. yeah well I wonder if that's why there's not as much stuff written about it because there is this shame factor yeah yeah in you know if they people would want to research it you probably need men behind it at some point to at least finance it or whatever yeah there's something along the way yeah so but I I got I heard that there's no point exercising certain parts of your cycle because it wouldn't actually like have any effect or benefit I think um, there's a really great Instagram page called, I think it's called Period of the Period. And they break down a lot of scientific research. Um, But I think they may have read the very few papers there were on it. I think there's about four papers and they were suggesting that basically there are more optimum times in your cycle to train. So -hmm. if you wanted to do strength training, you would be better to focus on the first couple of weeks in your cycle maybe a few days after your period um, has started or finished and then up until around about ovulation. And then after that, as your hormone levels change, you want to start thinking about maybe doing slightly less intense forms of exercise. Um, in in personal training lingo, it's called a deload week or deloading. De-load. Yeah, deloading is, is what it says. You're just reducing the load that you're carrying. Oh, yeah. So you might want to alter your trainings, your lifting slightly less or you're focusing more on your skill Mm. so you might want to focus on rather than trying to lift really heavy you might think actually I just really want to work on the depth in my squat Mm. and that would be a great time to do that because you're not going to be lifting with as much weight so there is there's stuff like that where you could kind of alter your training to suit your cycle better but as I say some some of my clients literally on the period, nothing. Mm. I'm like, man, you wow. just power through. Everyone's and different. yeah, you won't see a dip in their performance. They're fine. Um, but as I say, as, as far as I'm aware, I think the research around it is quite limited. So limited research means limited knowledge for personal trainers because yeah. it's, and I mean, you don't even really discuss menstrual cycles on personal training courses to start with. So it's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. And because there's a lack of resources, then it's just, it's a knock-on effect, isn't it? Yeah. But I guess it's about just knowing your body. So if you can kind of keep track of what you're like and how your body works, and maybe that can give you an indication. Yeah. Like how you said you might find out from your clients or if they tell you if, yeah. they're, if they're on their menstrual cycle, if, they're, if their period is coming up, then you can kind of keep track and yeah. keep them aware, like, this is happening. Maybe we should work out this way yeah. this week. Yeah. But how about when it comes to weightlifting? Because mm. you mentioned that just now and it just made me think, often I go to the gym and yeah. I think I do want to lift some heavy weights today or that that may be something I've been planning to do for that training session. And I get there and it's just full of lads pumping yeah. iron and I just think, okay, well, maybe I'll do something else or I'll do a hit session or I'll just not use this. Is it a Smith machine? Whatever it's, yeah, Smith machine. Yeah, Smith machine. So how would you go, how, what would you advise for women maybe thinking about weightlifting or mm. there's all those kind of things to consider? 
So there's the obvious easy thing of just saying to someone, just go and do it. But that just doesn't work for everyone. Um, I think sometimes it's really great. You'll have some really motivational stuff on Instagram where people are like, just go for it. You know, you deserve to be there as much as men do. But in reality, that does not make you feel any less intimidated once you step (laughs) foot in the gym. There are loads of men there and you're like, I feel really intimidated. I suppose there are a few things taken into consideration. One is the gym you're going to. You can change the gym you're going to. I've been to a few different gyms and the atmosphere in the weights area has always been quite different. So yeah, it's really interesting. It's not something I think a lot of people consider sometimes, but Mm. I went to one gym in town and I just found it was really great because you actually, most of the guys that went there trained on their own. And while I was the only woman in there, they pretty much just got on with their own thing. I got on with my own thing and... They never really even batted an eyelid when I went in there. I never had any creepy men coming over and saying to me, nice lift or anything like that. Yeah. So I was just like, I feel really comfortable here and I don't see there are any issues. Where I think you get a lot of men congregating is when it's slightly different and there's quite a laddie culture and that's what can make you feel really uncomfortable. So yeah, first one is actually, what gym are you going to? Are there other ones nearby where you would maybe feel more comfortable? The second one is, I always think there's safety in numbers. If you feel really, really uncomfortable or unsure, go with someone else. It could be another guy. It could be a female friend. It could be your partner, whatever it is. Go along with someone that's going to make you feel confident and comfortable. And that can honestly make the world of difference because you can go in and you can do the same exercises together. And it's just a bit like that safety blanket of having someone else there. Uh, which, yeah, is a big one. The other thing you can consider, which I said to one of my friends, because she's quite scared of the free weights area and is like, I don't want to go in there. Yeah. I was like, why don't you just go in and do one exercise in there and just see how you feel and pick up on the atmosphere? Yeah. And then while you're in there, just have a little look around. Is anyone watching you? Probably is anyone not. trying to comment on you? And just get a feel for it and go and do an exercise you're really confident with. So don't go in and do an exercise that you're not sure if you're doing it right. You're a bit like, oh God, are people going to be watching me? Are they going to be judging me? Are they thinking she doesn't know how to lunge? <laughs> you know, whatever it is, just go in, say you're really, really comfortable with doing squats, go in and just do some squats and just go and do a few sets and just slowly build yourself up into it. You might actually find sometimes you'll make friends with some of the guys in there. Obviously, there are a lot of issues around unsolicited advice from men. Yeah. If that's the case, I think, unfortunately, it can come down to how you approach that situation. So either you're like, I don't feel comfortable with this. Mm. And you either, if that person keeps coming over and talking to you, maybe they do genuinely want to be your friend. Yeah. Or maybe they're just giving you unsolicited advice and you can actually just say in a really polite way, I don't appreciate this. Effort. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bugger off. Don't talk to me. Um, paying things like headphones in can work quite well That's with that. True. So it's kind of, most people in the gym, if someone's got headphones in, it means I'm unapproachable. Mm, yeah go and put your favorite playlist on get Beyonce on or whatever it is and just go and do your workout so there are little things you can do but I do think it's kind of a cultural thing that needs to change as well a lot of the onus there is on women yeah it's on women making 
the free weights area more comfortable for themselves. And maybe it should be men recognizing that women don't feel comfortable or, you know, certain groups. It doesn't have to be women. It could be someone that's non-binary, for example, feeling mm. I'm not very comfortable going into this really laddie kind of typical macho space. Mm. So, and people just being a bit more educated around things that make people feel uncomfortable in the gym. Yeah. So I've, I've only ever had a couple of unsolicited comments, thankfully, but I think this is at the time when I was training to be a personal trainer anyway. And I had a guy come in and he was slightly older and he was like, that's a very heavy weight. And I, and I was doing, I was deadlifting and I was like, okay. Are I didn't really, it? yeah, I didn't really get what he was kind of getting at. He was like, that's just a really heavy weight. And I was like, um. As a compliment? Well, then I was kind of like, okay. And I, I effectively what the conversation boiled down to was, he realized he'd said something wrong, but he was trying to say that it was a heavy weight for a woman to lift. Right. And that he then tried to backtrack and go, I just don't want you to hurt your back. <laughs> and I was going, Thank I'm, you so much. yeah, don't worry, I'm not going to hurt my back. I'm fine. I've lifted much heavier weights than this. And even if I didn't, you know, maybe you could tell a staff member and get them to come over and talk to me. Yeah, if you're that, really concerned. Yeah, if you're really concerned, then go and get them to check on my form as opposed to <laughs> oh you coming over and saying, protect your back. <laughs> and I was thinking, he was slightly older and I think he was just, maybe hadn't seen a woman lifting weights before. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, women can lift weights too. Wow. It was really awkward. And after that, whenever I was in the gym, he would stare at me while I was lifting weights and it made me feel really uncomfortable. No. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't great fun. But aside from that, I've actually had very few creepy interactions. I'm quite lucky in that regard. I don't even know what to say to that, but I feel like we've all been there in yeah. some shape or form and it's not nice. I mean, I've found, I found going at different certain times of the day has helped with yeah. using the weight section. If I know, I feel yeah, like- Yeah, in the middle of the day when no one's there yeah. and you're like, this is mine. I love it. <laughs> Or if it's slightly later in the morning, or there's just certain times where I feel like there's less people. In yeah, the it's area. great. Because sometimes it's it can just be there's too many people in that space, and you might be somebody who yeah. just needs a little bit more space around you to to move, do whatever you need to do. The other thing that I've found found that's helped is going to classes where they do use weights. Yeah, and I know that I'm doing it with people all together, and it's not. You... Yeah, and you've got someone to point stuff out and go... Exactly, yeah, that, yeah. That, you know, oh, don't forget to lift your chest up or whatever it is, and it makes you feel comfortable. Actually, this is just another thing. It's kind of like going to classes, but trying to go in if you're going into the free weights area by yourself and you are a bit nervous, have a clear plan of what you're doing mm. so you don't feel like you're milling around and you're kind of looking and thinking, I need to do this, or maybe I should do this. Just go in and be like, I'm doing squats, lunges, deadlifts. Those are my exercises that I'm in here for today. And it can just make things feel a lot more like you have a purpose when you go in. And yeah. you can just go in and like smash it. It's great. Are there certain exercises that you don't do together? Or like, say you go in and do it, you want to set yourself a plan. And often people say like back, back some biceps day or whatever, oh, like yeah. one day. Like, how should you go in with a plan in that sense? Oh, that all comes back to the goal. goal. It all comes back to the goal. Uh, some people will swear by doing, you know, split routines, which is where you'll do legs on one day, lower body, not low, legs, lower body on one day, upper body on another, or there are so many different ways that you can arrange it. And it all comes down to time. That's a really big thing. I'm not going to suggest someone to do a five day split routine mm. if they don't have time. 
and back to goal because some people don't need to do that some people might just want to do an all over body workout and then you'll just do it that way so it really really depends on the goal and what people are trying to do there'd be very little point if your main goal is trying to i'm gonna use touch your toes as an example because we've used that throughout but there'd be very little point in telling someone to work loads on their upper body strength if they're not really bothered about getting stronger in their upper body and they want to be able to touch their toes just yeah why would you bother telling someone to do that it just wouldn't make any sense (laughs) yeah so it really depends two things is that clearly shows why having some sort of personal trainer can help because it can help you set the right goals you know and knowing what kind of exercises will work but also like you said setting the goals for yourself and working out what it is you want to do sitting down and just kind of thinking okay I actually want to work on my arm strength so that's kind of yeah I get I think another thing is which a lot of maybe women have concerns that I say if you want to lose your belly fat Mm. it doesn't just if you work on your belly fat it's just going to go from there because your fat is like spot reduction yeah it doesn't work yeah I know a lot of people get really disappointed when you tell them that spot reduction doesn't work uh yeah, everyone's body composition is different and where people will lose fat will vary from person to person. And don't quote me on this because I'm not sure if this is accurate or not, but as far as I'm aware, it's like for some women, it can actually be harder to lose weight around their middle. Mm. I think particularly it might be post-menopause, but there's certain things like that where just things in your body are changing and where the fat distribution goes will will be different. Like for some women, they might get a lot of fat around their boobs because they need them for for when they have babies. Mm. There's just little bits like that that it just, it's so variable. And I'm a big believer in kind of celebrating what you have. I think so many people, you know, I think it's a real shame. Um, I'm, I'm what I would describe as a weight inclusive personal trainer. So if my clients don't talk about weight, I don't talk about it. If they do, we'll have that conversation. But you know, there's a lot of issues around people demonizing someone for being fat and saying they're lazy and this and that. And that's just not the case. People's like, some people are just fat and that is how their body is designed and wants to be. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And people can get so worried about, you know, they'll be like, oh my God, I'm so fat. And it's like, have you ever considered how harmful that might be to one of your friends that is in a larger body and how that might make them feel? Especially it's suggesting that their body is undesirable, that there's something wrong with them, that they need to change themselves. And yeah, that's a topic I could talk about so much all day, every day. But yeah, it's it's quite an in-depth topic you can go into a lot on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Kind of looking at what we think is our ideal yeah. type of body but actually again what, what is realistic and secondly putting kind of your own um your own insecurities of your yeah. own self on somebody else can actually have quite a knock-on effect yeah on, it can have a really damaging yeah. effect and also just appreciating um you know there's lots of people out there that will be saying all this horrible stuff about their body and I'm thinking but you're able to do a press up that's really cool mm. think about all the really cool things that your body can do and the fact that it's just helping you live from day to day that's amazing um I have a client who's got lots of health conditions 
And she's just like, yep, she's trucking on. She's doing what she needs to do. And I'm like, yeah, appreciating your body for the fact that it's just taking care of you and keeping you alive is one thing. Mm. All the aesthetic stuff, I'm not knocking it if that's what people want to work on. Like I say, I have some weight loss clients. I'm like, you know, that you do you, that is for you. But where it comes at the expense of other people, and there are a lot of personal trainers out there that will shame people for their bodies, I am just not on board with that. I think it's horrendous and incredibly damaging. And also yeah. it doesn't help those people that might be larger and, and yeah. you know, want to lose weight. It doesn't make it easy on them because it's like, well, okay, I've got to, you know, I've got to put in, people might look at me funny in the gym or... Yeah, know, it can create it, a really yeah. toxic environment. Um, I've heard people say some horrible things and I've also see, like, seen stuff online about some of the things people will have said to people in the gym. And I'm just thinking, how are you talking to another human being like that? Really? Mm. Just why? What's so interesting is we touched on this in earlier episodes on the Mm. podcast because we talk about life drawing. And (gasps) I interviewed um, Ali, Ali, who is a life drawing, life model. And um, she's all about body positivity yes. and just the, the art of life drawing is so interesting because you basically are just appreciating whatever body yeah. is in front of you and, and you're not thinking about the shape or size they are. You are literally kind of appreciating, oh, wow, that, that form there, that curve there. And yeah, it's amazing. It really beautiful. And when you take it out of, out of that context and onto fitness, it's a completely different story. You think yeah. that person is fat, that person is this. You label yeah. it rather than actually It's at so it true. And I think, um, is her name Amanda LeCount? She is basically a plus size dancer. And she did an incredible Instagram reel the other day. And like she pointed out, fat people can be healthy and thin mm. people can be unhealthy. Mm. I know quite a lot of people that are in larger bodies that are incredibly healthy. They sleep well, they exercise, they eat well, you know, they look after themselves. And I know some people, they're in smaller bodies, but just because of the way genetics works, they smoke, they don't eat very well. And, Mm. you know, that's completely, people don't have to also, I don't think anyone should have an obligation to health and looking after themselves if they don't want to. But, you know, they, they won't be judged for that. Yeah. Whereas if you then see someone in a larger body eating a burger, they'll be like told they're fat and it's disgusting and there's something wrong with them and they're not, they're just eating food, which their body needs to survive. Yeah. It's so frustrating. I think I remember you saying something about if someone loses weight, you think, you say to them, oh, you've lost weight. Yeah. And it's like a good thing if you see that they've lost weight, but it might not necessarily be. Yeah. You know, we suddenly, we think that losing weight is actually always a a compliment or a good thing first off it's reinforcing the idea that fat is bad and it's not and then second off you know if someone's had a really serious health condition they might have lost a significant amount of weight quite quickly or started to lose some weight and then you've got someone coming along and saying to them you're looking great you're looking so healthy and they're thinking I'm feeling really ill right now and I'm having a crap time and my body's you know not coping with stuff And what someone is praising them on is the fact that they've lost weight. That is probably the last thing that they want to hear. So it can actually be really damaging. And if anything, if it is from a health condition, you're just giving them a reminder that there's something going on that they maybe don't want to think about in that moment. So it can be incredibly damaging. You never know why. Or someone 
could have lost weight because they're developing an eating disorder. Yeah. Do you want to really reinforce that that is a positive thing? Because if you do have an eating disorder, quite a lot of people can thrive off of that. That's why there's a lot of communities online where um, people will tell them, you know, tell other people to keep on going, even when they're having this kind of horrendous time with things. And it's just, um, it's quite scary, really, if you think that's what we're telling people, that that's a good thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's... There's all these kind of ideas as to what we think, and we put these ideas on someone, what we think they should look like. But yeah. ultimately, it kind of comes back to just being really realistic with what we're expecting of people. Yeah. It's, not, it's, you know, it's quite a cruel world in that sense. And you just need to be a bit more appreciative and, like, um, just just nicer to each other. Yeah. Maybe the question is... How are you feeling? If you see a change in somebody, yeah. Kind of like, how are you how feeling? I love that. I was um, thinking about this the other day, and I can't remember if it's I, someone said it to me or if I was just thinking about this. But you know, in the UK, everyone goes, "How are you doing?" And everyone's like, "Yeah, I'm alright. I'm good. I'm okay." It'd be much nicer to say if you said, "How are you feeling today?" Yeah. And it's so funny when I said that to someone once, they were like, "Um," and they just didn't know how know to respond to because you so rarely say to people, "How are you feeling." You know, yeah. and I think if you say, is everything all right? People are like, oh, yeah, nothing's wrong. Have you, do you think something's yeah. wrong? But just saying, how are you feeling? People are like, I'm okay. They're kind of like, yeah. oh, this has caught me off guard. I'm not used to this. Yeah. So it's quite a nice thing to do. And then thinking about other ways that you can compliment people. So maybe saying, that was a really cool squat you just did. Or, you know, you're looking really happy today. You're looking really smiley. Or mm. just anything like that. You know, you know, you're one of my favourite people. Just nice things like that. They're probably a lot nicer than focusing on someone's body mm. and really zoning in on someone's personality and their achievements. I think that's much cooler. Let's help one another, basically. Yeah, let's, let's, let's just be nice to other people and thinking about, would I say this to myself? Mm-hmm. And then also, actually, that same conversation with yourself, would my best friend ever say that to me? So, you know, if you're having a really bad day and you're thinking, oh God, look at me. And you know, that was a really bad lift or whatever it was. Just think, would my best friend ever say that to me? No. And just, you know, parent yourself or be your own best friend and have those conversations where you challenge those thoughts. If you're having a bad day and you're being really unkind, actually, what would someone else say to me in this situation? They probably would not speak to me in the way I'm talking to myself because we're our own worst critic. We're horrible to ourselves. Or would you say that to someone else? Yeah, would you say that to someone else? Yeah. 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 So what is next for you then in terms of your personal training journey? Um, So I've got quite a few exciting things going on at the moment, actually. So I'm starting working with an online coaching platform. So that's slightly different to personal training in that you don't have one-to-one sessions together, but you get all the other great benefits of it. So you get a program written for you that you can do at the gym, you can do at home, you still have weekly check-ins, but it's not like you're having a personal training session and you still have one-to-one contact. So if you're unsure about anything or, you know, you just need a motivation boost, you can contact anytime you want and say, hey, struggling with this today, can you give me some tips? So it's got all those nice benefits, but it's just a little bit cheaper than having actual personal training. So Mm. that's really cool. And then I'm also considering doing two things, one of which is actually starting up some classes, either online or in person. I'm not sure, but it might happen at some point in time. And then the other is I'm thinking about doing a group program at some point. So that'd be for about 
six, maybe eight women, probably about six. And I'm still deciding on what I want the focus of it to be. But I think it would probably be for people that maybe want to get more confident in the gym, learn how to do some basic lifting. So it might be that we focus on the kind of moves you do in the gym. So squats, lunges, all that stuff, and actually just building some confidence so that afterwards you can go out on your own and you can go to the gym and think, I know what I'm doing here and some basic stuff around training strategies. And also I think it'd be really nice doing that because it'd give other women the opportunity to connect with each other. So hopefully afterwards you could go and train together. I think that would be really cool. So that's something I'm kind of planning in either the later months of this year or early next year. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be like my baby. <laughs> so basically just more and more tools from you to help yeah. more women basically just yeah. feel more empowered and yeah fitness and together so classes I can't wait for that I'd yeah love to come down would you yeah I loved your classes because thank you I just found that for, it was just different to any other trainer I'd work with because you Thanks. one would be very calm in your approach it was sort of like less shouting less shouty, but also would push you you yeah. would push us but you would also kind of recognize how are you feeling today um at the end of the session okay I want you to think of something positive to take away from the session gratitude oh, this is different and yeah after a hit session I'm it's like going to a yoga class yeah, yeah, it's a yoga <laughs> class at the end of a really intense hit class like you get the fitness in there but you'd also get the yeah. checking in with yourself which was really interesting I've never paired them together yeah actually, I think it's good so to important. have that balance ha- always having a check-in after a workout and thinking what did I enjoy about that what didn't I enjoy what would I change all that stuff can be so helpful and just being nice to yourself afterwards and being like oh I kept going during that circuit mm-hmm. and I was really struggling or whatever it is I think it's really good just acknowledging yeah how far you've come or what you've done yeah so in all of this what where does ind- independence play a role in sort of your journey and what does it mean to you Oh, so many things. So I suppose something that we've touched upon a lot is helping other people to gain their own independence with their fitness. So just enabling people, whether that is to actually reach their goals or to go out on their own after we've trained together and to feel confident when they go in the gym or to feel confident exercising on their own at home or you know, some people, I've got a friend who's like, I don't even feel comfortable going to classes because they'll do stuff. And I'm like, what is going on here? Mm. So just feeling more confident going to a class and thinking, I know I can do all these moves comfortably by myself without anyone kind of having to tell me what I need to do or having too much support from the instructor. So that's a really, really big one. And for me, from a freelance perspective, it's independence for myself. So being able to do what I want with my clients and being able to help them in a way that they want. So there's less structure in a way, but there's also more structure because we can just do whatever they need. We don't have to have all these kind of rigid rules around how things should be done. And I think that's the same for personal training in general. I've done an amazing course through a company called Faster Function. And that's basically what they teach people to do and their trainers to do. They teach people that everyone is an individual and you should treat them as such. And that ultimately you want to help them in any way that's gonna suit their body and their goals. And I just think that's great. So mm. yeah, and perhaps love it. stems back to what you said at the beginning, which is how you wanted to basically learn what exercise was right for you and you yeah. found that, that that kind of personal journey and realizing actually I don't really like team sports I like doing stuff individual stuff and maybe that kind of yeah. comes into how you train other people in the sense it's very like personal to what works for them and finding yeah. what exercise they like and that's kind of yeah 
It's the personal and personal training. It is. That's why it's personal. personal training. It should be personal. It should be about the individual ultimately at the end of the day. You know, I'm not going to tell anyone else what they should be doing with their body. Mm. And that is independence in itself. They should be deciding what's going on with themselves, not me. So if they don't like something, we can change it. And that's that's how it should roll. Yeah. Rather than someone going, you hate planks, I'm going to make you keep doing planks. Yeah. <laughs> it's a relationship, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is it's a, a relationship. Thing. You work together on it. Yeah. I love that. So what? where can people find you? What is your personal training name like what all of yeah. that where can people find out about you so I don't have a fancy name it's Amy Yates PT <laughs> um I didn't know what to call myself and I was like well I need to pick a name so this will be easy to find <laughs> <That's my name. laughs> yeah so if you want to find me on Instagram that's the channel I use the most it's Amy underscore Yates PT and I have actually created a Facebook business account mm. under the same name. So it's a business page. If I'm honest, I don't use it that much. It was mostly so that I could do business things on Instagram. But my priority over the next few months is actually to start posting on there more. So if you follow me, you might find some interesting things. And I've also got a website, which is the same, amyhpt.com. Nice and easy to find. And yeah. are you local to just Hertfordshire or can you help people with plans all over so as well as working in person I work online so whether that is online one-to-one sessions from the comfort of your own home which I think is fantastic I love it I get to see loads of people's dogs (laughs) there's me and them showing off our dogs to each other I know That's how half of the session goes and then also this new online coaching that I'm doing which is less one-to-one in terms of we won't have a session together but you still have all the other benefits like a, like a program that's personalized and tailored um check-ins all that great stuff so yeah hmm. yeah so if you want person- I'm reachable <laughs> yeah you're reachable if you want personalized training yeah and want to learn how you can love fitness in your own terms yeah and you love dogs and you have a dog. <laughs> I was going to say, if you love dogs or animals, that's a bonus, but you don't have to love animals. <laughs> but if you do, I will sit there shamelessly showing off my dog love on screen, that. being like, this is my dog. Oh, I love him. I'm going to have to do that with you. Maybe maybe just to show off my dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Amy. It's Thank been so you. Nice. I've so like learned so much about you and um, I've taken away so much. Good, good. Yeah. yeah, hopefully it's really definitely helpful. That. I'm definitely going to try to just push myself a bit more into the weight section and actually think I think the the headphone thing is really interesting because I never go in with headphones I actually shut yourself off yeah it's a good way of actually shutting yourself off and just thinking about you and the music yeah completely get into your zone I'm gonna do that thank you so much again thank you for having me that was so fun I really enjoyed that conversation with Amy. I felt like I came out so much more equipped with how to think about my journey with fitness. The big takeaway from this episode is being realistic with yourself, setting goals for yourself, but being realistic. So if you've taken away anything from this episode, please do share it with a friend. Please do get in touch you can review the podcast on google Podcasts, apple Podcasts. um it would be really great to hear your feedback moving forward thank you so much for listening chat to you soon bye